Sometimes it's just nice to have somebody who understands, somebody who can listen, somebody who's been there before. Not necessarily somebody who fixes it, or tells you how to make it better, or is your problem solver. Just someone who understands. Sometimes, in the moment, that's comfort enough. Hello and welcome to the Read Together podcast. My name is Tyler Christensen. I'm the pastor at Grace United Methodist Church in Birmingham, Alabama. I'm happy to be with you today. Thank you for taking a moment to participate in this Read Along Together Bible study. So today we'll be reading from the less popular section of the book of Ecclesiastes. It's not to everything there is a season time. It's time for the more challenging stuff, the more difficult stuff, the stuff that you wouldn't put on the wall of a nursery or on a bookmark or inscribe on the side of a coffee cup. These are some of the harder parts of the Old Testament, and we're going to dive right in today. And I'm going to tell you why I think that there's actually some good news here in Ecclesiastes 7 and 8. So let's get right to the reading, starting in verse 7. A good name is better than precious ointment, and the day of death than the day of birth. It is better to go into the house of mourning than to go into the house of feasting, for this is the end of everyone, and the living will lay it to heart. Sorrow is better than laughter, for sadness of countenance the heart is made glad. The heart of the wise is in the house of mourning, but the heart of fools is in the house of mirth. It is better to hear the rebuke of the wise than to hear the song of fools, for like the crackling of thorns under a pot, so is the laughter of fools. This also is vanity. Surely oppression makes the wise foolish, and a bribe corrupts the heart. Better is the end of a thing than its beginning. The patient in spirit are better than the proud in spirit. Do not be quick to anger, for anger lodges in the bosom of fools. Do not say, Why were the former days better than these? For it is not from wisdom that you ask this. Wisdom is as good as an inheritance an advantage to those who see the sun. For the protection of wisdom is like the protection of money, and the advantage of knowledge is that wisdom gives life to the one who possesses it. Consider the work of God. Who can make straight what he has made crooked? On the day of prosperity, be joyful, and on the day of adversity, consider. God has made the one as well as the other so that mortals may not find out anything that will come after them. In my vain life, I have seen everything. There are righteous people who perish in their righteousness, and there are wicked people who prolong their life in their evil doing. Do not be too righteous, and do not act too wise. Why should you destroy yourself? Do not be too wicked, and do not be a fool. Why should you die before your time? It is good that you should take hold of the one without letting go of the other, for the one who fears God shall succeed with both. Wisdom gives strength to the wise more than ten rulers that are in a city. Surely there is no one on earth so righteous as to do good without ever sinning. Do not give heed to everything that people say, or you may hear your servant cursing you. Your heart knows that many times you have yourself cursed others. All this I have tested by wisdom. I said, I will be wise. 
but it was far from me. That which is, is far off, and deep, very deep. Who can find it out? I turned my mind to know, and to search out, and to seek wisdom, and the sum of things, and to know that wickedness is folly, and that foolishness is madness. I found more bitter than death the woman who is a trap, whose heart is snares and nets, whose hands are fetters. One who pleases God escapes her, but the sinner is taken by her. See, this is what I found, says the teacher, adding one thing to another to find the sum, which my mind has sought repeatedly, but I have not found. One man among a thousand I found, but a woman among all these I have not found. See, this alone I found, that God made human beings straightforward, but they have devised many schemes. Chapter 8 Who is like the wise man? And who knows interpretation of a thing? Wisdom makes one's face shine, and the hardness of one's countenance is changed. Keep the king's command because of your sacred oath. Do not be terrified. Go from his presence. Do not delay when the matter is unpleasant, for he does whatever he pleases. For the word of the king is powerful, and who can say to him, What are you doing? Whoever obeys a command will meet no harm, and the wise man will know the time and the way. For every matter has its time and way, although the troubles of mortals lie heavy upon them. Indeed, they do not know what it is to be, for who can tell them how it will be? No one has power over the wind to restrain the wind, or power over the day of death. There is no discharge from battle, nor does wickedness deliver those who practice it. All this I observed, applying my mind to all that has been done under the sun, while one person exercises authority over another to the other's hurt. Then I saw the wicked buried. They used to go in and out of the holy place, and were praised in the city where they have done such things. This also is vanity, because sentence against an evil deed is not executed speedily. The human heart is fully set to do evil. Though sinners do evil a hundred times and prolong their lives, yet I know that it will be well with those who fear God, because they stand before him. But it will not be well with the wicked. Neither will they prolong their days like a shadow, because they do not stand in fear before God. There is vanity that takes place on earth, and there is righteous people. There are righteous people who are treated according to the conduct of the wicked, and there are wicked people who are treated accordingly to the conduct of the righteous. I said that this also is vanity. So I commend enjoyment, for there is nothing better for people under the sun than to eat and drink and enjoy themselves, for this will go with them in their toil through the days of life that God gives them under the sun. When I applied my mind to know wisdom and to see the business that is done on earth, how one's eyes sleep neither day or night, then I saw all the work of God that no one can find out what is happening under the sun. However much they may toil in seeking, they will not find out, even though those who are wise claim to know. They cannot find out. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. All right, thanks for hanging in there. That was a lot. A lot of uh, good information, some solid information, some downer stuff, a little bit of sexist stuff even, but um, pretty interesting stuff as well. If you're not familiar with the book of Ecclesiastes, it's 
part of the section of the Old Testament that we know as the wisdom tradition. In there, we'll find uh, sometimes Psalms uh, are categorized that way, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, and Song of Songs. And these traditions are meant to be books that convey part of, of wisdom to any readers. But especially as we look at Ecclesiastes, it's important to remember that this book is meant to be a conversation partner with the book of Proverbs. You see, in the ancient biblical writers and collectors' wisdom, it, they, they put together the Bible in such a way that would help us read it so that we could have one perspective and then a counter perspective, or at least a differing perspective. And so what we have in the book of Ecclesiastes is a response to the book of Proverbs. Proverbs, you may recall, uh, are a collection of pithy sayings um, that are oftentimes come across as very formulaic, uh, cause and effect kind of sayings. If such and such is done, then you can expect this and that as the result. If X, then Y, that kind of thing. That's what I mean by saying they're formulaic. They can come across that way. So if the idea was that if you could memorize the different proverbs and you could you could call them to mind, especially in certain situations where um, you may be called upon to make some sort of a decision or there is a, a dilemma or an ethical issue, if you can call to mind a proverb that speaks to that, you might then find yourself in a better place to make an informed decision or choice. So uh, Proverbs was shared with, with young boys, uh, prepubescent boys, by and large, who were uh, instructed in the way of the Proverbs. They were expected to learn these, to memorize them, and then carry them with them through the rest of their life. Now, interestingly enough, along comes the book of Ecclesiastes. Now, some traditionally have said that the book of Ecclesiastes can be attributed to King Solomon because, again, King Solomon asked for wisdom. He was given wisdom. And <clears throat> therefore, the wisdom that we find in this book is from him. But uh, most modern Bible scholars believe that this was uh, the work of one who is known simply by the, the name or the title Kohelet or Koheleth. That's just a name that means a wise sage. So in Ecclesiastes, we have the writings of a wise man who grew up in the way of understanding and learning the Proverbs and also interpreting them and teaching them to other young men. But then he comes out with his own set of writings that says, look, I have lived a life according to the Proverbs, a faithful life, a devoted life. I have been pious and obedient. And I have found out that even if you live your life according to the, to the letter of the law and the way that the Proverbs would suggest, it sometimes doesn't turn out that way. And so a lot of Ecclesiastes is him saying, I've seen the wicked and the cheats do just fine. I've seen immoral people live long lives. And I've seen holy and, and devout people come to an early demise. And how can I make sense of that? And so he's basically saying, let me offer you some different wisdom, which is it's good to learn about the Proverbs. It's good to learn about a certain way of being and a way to live your life. But sometimes life throws you a curveball, and it doesn't exactly work out like that. And you can't say that it's all for naught, or, or God doesn't exist, or God is unjust, just because some things don't work out exactly according to the formula. And so in this way, Koheleth offers a great piece of wisdom to share with us. I appreciate 
this back and forth between Proverbs and Ecclesiastes. Because to me, it doesn't muddy the water so much as it provides a more accurate description of life. We can look at these teachings and say, yes, it isn't always one way. And then again, sometimes life isn't always as kind of bleak or glass half empty as Kohelet would would offer up. And so it's a both and. It's a some of this, some of that. Sometimes it's this way. Sometimes it's that way. And isn't that more like what life looks like? I mean, if we lived our lives as people who stuck to only the Proverbs, but didn't also have in the conversation the voice of Koheleth and Ecclesiastes, wouldn't there be some discouragement on our part? Wouldn't we say, well, well, this doesn't add up, right? Or this doesn't make sense to me. I'm not sure why, how I can make sense of this. So I feel like having Ecclesiastes is a really helpful conversation partner and actually is a helpful way to look at things. I've especially felt that recently as we find ourselves living in messy times. And, And of course, let's be honest, human history is always a messy time, right? Throughout the course of civilization. And yet we all probably recognize that we are living in a time where we see oftentimes the dishonest or the immoral person getting ahead. We see rampant misinformation over truth being spread. We see the power hungry who have little or no accountability and people seem to be lured into the misguided narratives. We see wisdom being downplayed or or talking about it as though that were something that is you know, for, for fancy pants or the elite, instead of recognizing there's goodness and information and facts, we see conspiracy widespread. It's, it's thick. And so I think Koheleth in many ways would be right at home in our time. And I think that's worth noting because then what also is true is that his reflections are equally valid and pertinent in our time as well. As I said at the beginning, sometimes it's nice to just have someone who shows you in their words that they understand. They sympathize. They get what you're going through, even if they're not able to offer you a solution or even helpful guidance. But Kohelet's been there. And he says, sometimes life is this way. And still, in the end, no matter how pessimistic his view is at any given moment, he always comes around. He always comes around, not in a, in a Pollyanna-ish kind of way, but in a way that suggests that this is not the end of the story. This is not the final chapter of this saga. He reminds us that ultimately, all things will come to an end. But as they do, all things are in God's hands. If we try to get too smart, too wise, too clever, he says, that will be to our own folly. That is vanity. If we are too foolish, we'll meet an early demise. That too will be vanity. So what we do is try to find that middle ground. How can we live an honorable life? How can we live a life of Ecclesiastes and the Proverbs? How can we live a life of Jesus offering salvation and grace, but also taking responsibility for ourselves and our actions and the world around us? How can we live a life of peace and justice, but also accountability 
and working hard. So holding these things in tension is, is part of what it means to be a Christian and obviously part of our DNA and what it means to be a United Methodist. And that's why I think even though these words that will probably never be something that we would etch into a wall hanging or, as I said, make it into a, a bookmark or, or something that would make it into the uh, the gift aisle at your local Christian bookstore. These words are helpful, they're holy, and they speak a powerful truth that ultimately will lead us to a greater hope. Thank you for participating. Thank you for listening. It's good to be with you today. May God bless you. Let us pray. God, thank you for this time of, of reading these words, these holy and ancient words that speak timeless truths. We thank you for the conversation partners we find in Scripture and those conversation partners in our lives. We pray that you would help keep us balanced, that you would help us keep a perspective that is holy and good, that is moral and ethical, that we might be people of integrity, but we might also be people of truth, of hope, of life, light, and grace, all that is rooted in Jesus Christ, your Son and our Savior. In his name we pray. Amen. Amen.